This is the Scary Movie Clubcast. Live from the clubhouse, it's Scary Movie Clubcast. This is Megan. This is Amanda. This is Nadine. This is Mackenzie. And tonight we watch Zodiac. And uh, Nadine will be giving us a summary of the movie. Yes. So, Zodiac great movie goes on for a million years it's the never-ending movie based on the never-ending book um it's amazing it talks to us about the technically unsolved case of the zodiac in california who was a serial killer who you guys probably already know about if you're listening to this clubcast and it shows us the complete and total lunacy that a cartoonist goes into trying to solve this case and it's a wild ride and we love it so good so so good and Amanda did some research, found us some fun facts about the movie. Yay. Yes. Some of the, uh, dang, this movie's long fun facts. <laughs> <laughs> did you subcategorize your fun facts? Yes. Or she freaking did. Dude, I'm like about to pull up the two fun facts for the movie that I do. So the first one is the shooting script was 200 pages long, and to prevent problems that the length might cause, David Fincher decided to ask the cast members to speak faster. <laughs> what? <laughs> No breaths in between. Just keep it going. Keep the words going. And now for the fun facts, fun facts. Boy. <laughs> Goodness. This is my favorite, most funnest fact. The Zodiac case was reopened after the release of the film. Oh. Yeah. It was closed? Well, I think it was closed as like a cold case. Oh. Okay. And so they decided to reopen it and look into things again. And oh, this, is a, this, is, this one is so funny. I was dying to tell you the whole time. The only real comment Robert Graysmith said about the finished screenplay was, quote, God, now I see why my wife divorced me. <gasps> True story. Oh my god! <laughs> so did we all. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> it was so good. That must mean that it was real true to life, too. Yeah, yeah it was really that crazy. It was like that. <laughs> and so David Fincher was always the first choice to direct based on his work in Seven. Oh, yeah. Seven. We're Fincher fans, if you can't tell. <laughs> Another little cutesy thing was that the film was sent to theaters under the name Gemini. Uh-huh. Oh. Clever. <laughs> so, I mentioned this when you were watching the movie, and the film Dirty Harry, which the characters in the movie go see, part of it is loosely based on the Zodiac murders themselves. And so the movie Dirty Harry came out in 1971, and the main foe in that movie calls himself Scorpio, which is a wink and a nod to that. In the real investigation, on October 6, 1969, Arthur Lee Allen um, was interviewed by Detective John Lynch of the Vallejo Police Department in the movie. Arthur Lee Allen is played by John Carroll Lynch. So that the, the detective that interviewed him, the, in real life, Arthur Lee Allen, the suspect, was interviewed by Detective John Lynch. Hmm. The man who played Arthur Lee Allen in the movie... His name is John Lynch. Oh, so just the name is the same, but the person isn't the same. Yes, no. Okay, I was like, that would be so insane. I was like, I don't think that's think that's actually right. No, so I just thought that was fun. I was like, ooh. I am life. Synchronicity. And then, I pointed this out when you were watching the movie as well. Around one hour and 40 minutes, the real-life Zodiac survivor Brian C. Hartnell makes a cameo with his wife at the police station um, when Mark Ruffalo's character is well, is offered a hug on the staircase. Which, that's the guy who survived at the lake. Yes. He was stabbed, but he didn't die. Yes. 
Now he's here. Many times. To walk in the back. Six times. But it was like all in succession. And then he didn't expect it, had no idea what was happening, so he just laid still. But then the woman, who had just watched it happen to him, was rolling all around. Much worse. He gets stabbed in a lot more places. Yeah. Yeah. So upsetting. Oh, and so I mentioned this also when we were watching it, that because he wanted the films to be as accurate as possible, David Fincher decided not to depict any of the alleged Zodiac murders for which there are no surviving victims or witnesses. Also, the book... Oh, gosh. The writer? I can't remember. I mean, that, that book is too. thick. Yeah, he thinks thick that boy. so many people could have been murdered by the Zodiac. Like, there's like a whole like two-page list in the back <laughs> of the book or something of people who might possibly be Zodiac victims. victims. It's crazy. It's a huge book. This is my next section of facts. What's it called? David Fincher Be Crazy. <laughs> Oh I, like it. I was gonna be annoyed that you had a third section when we stopped. But then no, that's it redeemed it. It's funny. David Finch would be crazy. He knew though. So the murder victims' costumes were meticulously recreated from forensic evidence that was lent to the production. The producer hired a private investigator to track down the real life Zodiac survivor Mike Trees had to be helicoptered to the late Barrassee location. As the area had changed substantially since 1969, and David Fincher wanted it to resemble the murder site as closely as possible. I love it. Appreciates details. (laughs) Helicoptered in. So crazy. (laughs) Helicopters be dangerous. As we know. Gosh. Rip. Mm. Big rip. Yep. Robert Downey Jr. was unaccustomed to the experience of both David Fincher's multitasking and the process of filming digitally that he rebelled against David for having no time to get his shit together in my trailer. <laughs> that just sounds so much like him. It sounds like a complaint that he's made to every director. <laughs> and, oh, this is what he would do. This is what he did to David. Robert Downey Jr. would hide mason jars full of his urine on set. Ew. You're fired. What? <laughs> no, it's unacceptable. Hello? No. Hello? What in the world? Here's another, here's another thing. Jake Gyllenhaal was a little mystified when David Fincher gave him a doll and an old-fashioned diaper as preparation for his role as a young father. Because um, we watched him change so many diapers. Just kidding. He, he didn't, didn't get that father act out. No. Not believable. <laughs> and this is so funny. I was dying to tell you this is the whole movie, maybe. Isn't it so hard to do the fun fact yeah. after? <laughs> Especially since all the things you were saying. So this is another extra thing David did. Hair was digitally added to close-up of Jake Gyllenhaal's knuckles as he draws on or holds letters. David Fincher felt Jake Gyllenhaal's hands were too hairless and pretty. Nadine loves a hairy Jake Gyllenhaal. False. <laughs> loves him. The hairier the Jake Gyllenhaal, the better. Nadine is a big fan of some manscaping. And this is the cleanest that Jake Gyllenhaal has ever looked in his life. And he looked too clean. They had to dirty well, him I mean, up. Donnie Darko, he was pretty... Yeah. Young, so he didn't have a lot of hair. So, same with Bubble Boy. Yeah, he still looks like a mess, though. Maybe in Bubble Boy. I'd have to in Bubble Boy. It's too... <laughs> you you're not looking at Bubble Boy though, being like, oh, hottie. <laughs> <laughs> this is my last section of facts. It's casting facts. Casting facts. Initially, David Fincher wanted Brad Pitt as Avery before settling on Robert Downey Jr., but apparently also Daniel Craig was a first choice for Paul Avery. But I don't know how realistic that was because Casino Royale came out the same year. That's when he played Bond. 
Um, I remember there's a scene where he's like licking blood off this woman's hands in the shower, and it's all I remember about the movie because I was like, what is happening? What is happening? Blood is disgusting. (laughs) Jake Gyllenhaal was David Fincher's first choice for the role of Robert Graysmith. Had Gyllenhaal turned down the role, Fincher's second choice would have been Orlando Bloom. And I couldn't see it personally. No, I can't see it no, either. I, I honestly, I, I mean, I really enjoy watching Jake Gyllenhaal play this role. I don't necessarily think that he was, like, properly cast for it. Because it's supposed to be, like, a divorced man with a child. And he's, like, a father. He's, I, he's not, he doesn't have that, like, maturity about him. I don't, like, believe any of those things about him. <laughs> and you would believe it about Orlando Bloom? Uh, probably not. I'd have to see him with a kid, I guess. <laughs> but either way, Jake definitely felt like the big brother. <laughs> Who was like, oh, I'm getting my, my little bro ready for school. Go go get your backpack, buddy. Uh, here's a cue fact. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Mark Ruffalo were cast in part thanks to Jennifer Anderson. Director J- David Fincher was in pre-production stages of the film when he asked her who some of her favorite co-stars were. She replied, Jake Gyllenhaal and Mark Ruffalo. She previously worked with them on The Good Girl. And with Ruffalo in Rumor Has It. Anyway, Jake Gyllenhaal and John Carroll Lynch previously played father and son in Bubble Boy. Alright, so next is everyone's favorite parts. I think, see, I just loved Jake Gyllenhaal. He was a sweet baby angel the whole time. He was just like, he was adorable. And I think one of my favorite parts was this was towards the end of the movie and he's banging on Mark Ruffalo's door. <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> Mark Ruffalo is pissed off. He's like, you've got to be kidding me. This guy again. He's like, I got to get my gun because I can't deal with him. But anyways, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is like, oh, you got to come see what I found. <laughs> like, oh, you'd be so impressed. I did so good. <laughs> it's just, it's so adorable. He's like, you made a mistake. Like, Papa, like someone wants to open Papa. the door. <laughs> like, someone wants to open the door to that. Like, come, look at the mistake I found you made. Isn't that so exciting? Aren't you excited for me? But, yeah. So I just loved the way he he played that role. Because it was just, like, that's how he acted with everything. It was, like, almost this, like, giddiness that a child would have. Yeah. <laughs> and I just... I just loved it so much. <laughs> oh man, my favorite part, if I turn this do it for a second, my favorite part, it cracks up every single time. I think I know what you're going to say. It's we when he, he's, on the, he's on the phone with someone talking about like stuff he's found. He's like, oh, who's helping you? And the like, guy on the phone says, who's helping you work on this? And he's like, oh, uh, my... Uh, what my associates? Some, my colleagues. Colleagues. Oh, some <laughs> colleagues. Some colleagues. Some colleagues. colleagues. That's so good. And it's his kids in the background who we literally just moments before said, Don't tell mom about our special time. <laughs> special projects. <laughs> oh, special projects. <laughs> your other one too because um i love when his wife leaves him i'm like yes huzzah, huzzah. also i'm so annoyed with how quickly he's over <laughs> he's like ah. and then he turns the page over and he's like oh yeah this clues <laughs> back to my murders <laughs> yeah i love i just like everyone's 
characters. I think it's funny. I like when Jake Gyllenhaal starts like going crazy and Mark Ruffalo's like, I can't help you, but you could try this guy. Mm-hmm. And he's like so just like giving him the next hint without being like, oh, I didn't do anything, sir. Like, it's so good. I like when Jake Gyllenhaal just like loses it. He just goes crazy. It's so good. You should tell them the fact about the hamburger. Oh, Mark Ruffalo is a fellow vegetarian and there is a scene, well, there's actually two scenes where he has to eat meat. Like, there's a BLT scene, but the one, that one isn't as, like, hard to cut around because the, he doesn't really eat it. It's, like, a short he just, scene. He chews that, he chews that BLT for just, a whole lifetime. Yeah, he stuffs his mouth like a freaking squirrel getting ready for the winter. He, there's another scene where they're eating burgers, which is just frustrating, which we've all decided. Couldn't just be eating a cheese sandwich, I don't understand. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know because you can order yeah, though. <laughs> so he's, he's eating a burger, and basically what happens is he takes a bite, and then you can see him grab his napkin and just spit it into the napkin after the second bite. Like, but you can tell like when he's trying to get the napkin, he's like, "I gotta get this out of my mouth." I gotta mouth. get this out of my mouth. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. And it's funny because he takes like the tiniest little bites, but he like is acting like there's so much in his mouth because when he spits it out, you can see there's not very much. Like he. Not want to be taking a big bite of that. It's pretty funny. Although we were really, really stressed out when we were watching it. Yeah, we were it, mad stressed just, out for him. Yeah, once you know that he's a vegetarian, it gives the scene like this whole different vibe because you're like, oh, you poor baby, spit it out. You can spit it. Spit it out now. Spit it out now. Just drink your drink. You don't have to eat it. All right. So our least favorite parts. I would just say how long the movie That's goes on. I do wish we would have seen more of the murders. I respect that David Fincher wanted to only give accounts where there was actually an eyewitness there, but, I mean, it's not like there were a whole bunch of them, and there are more than that, that, you know, that the the police officers think are tied to the Zodiac murders. So it's like, I wish they would have shown more. It would have helped with the move along of the plot where it's like, cause towards the middle, it really slows down and you're like, all right, I wish the plot would pick up a little bit more. So it didn't feel, cause there are movies that are longer that don't feel very long because of how much action is happening in the plot. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like that we don't see that a lot in the Zodiac movie. Yeah. I'm trying to have your cake and eat it too though. Yeah. You're like, Oh, I want it shorter. Also include more things. <laughs> Look, things can be cut out. <laughs> Okay. Things can be changed. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is it is a movie, like, I think we when we first, well, we've watched it together, some of us watched it together before, and the first time we were like, man, this movie's so good, but it, it's still going. We, we're not even halfway. Oh, boy. And it's just, I think that really, like, takes a little bit away. I mean, it is so well done. And I do, and I wish they had that first, at least the first Lover's Lane murder that the, um, that the Zodiac was a part of in there, because, like, that's that's all the generous mouth. Oh, yeah, the generous mouth. We never Guys, get to see him. Amanda reads the Zodiac book, and she's never going to finish. It's going to be a long, uh, <laughs> a, like, long joke that Amanda will never finish this book. But she brings us little tidbits, and one of the things in it was that they described one of the guys as the having The first male eyes. victim. Yeah, the first male victim. He had knowing eyes and a generous mouth. Inappropriate. Ooh, baby. It's not a way you describe a victim. Yum, yum, yum. Yeah. Which girl did he describe as a goer? Probably that first girl. That's, That's what I would think. The second you would girl? Think. 
She like was the girl. second murderer, the, the second. first one in the But movie. in the book Woman is murder. where he describes the girl as a goer. Yeah. Which I think a real goer. <laughs> yes. I don't know if he described her or if he's quoting someone else. I can't remember. I'd have to look at it myself. She is described in the book as a goer. Yeah, which woman though? Is it the second the first one that's shown in the movie? Oh, okay. Well, a woman. He yeah. describes yeah. her as a goer. A victim. We say it all a the time. A victim. Now. Like, at some point, you guys will probably hear us again say goer and generous mouth because we say it all the time. Oh. The inappropriate thing at the cops is at one of the autopsies. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he she says, she, she was a beautiful girl. I was at her autopsy. Oh, my word. Inappropriate, right? Yeah. Beautiful girl. I was at her autopsy. I was at her autopsy. Oh my gosh, I hope a boy says that about me one day. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> dead bodies are attractive. That's I know. Not, Big not old great. necrophilia. Big old necrophilia. <laughs> Big old necrophilia. <laughs> this one's so hard, because... No, I guess like Megan talked about where it's like towards the middle and it kind of starts to lull and you're a little like oh gosh <laughs> like um but that's literally the only part like and I, I can't I feel like a chump for even saying it because it's not like I'm like pinpointing something specific being like so change this mm-hmm. like yeah. I don't it was so well done like David Fincher's just so talented mm-hmm. no I I have to agree with the peanut gallery I don't know I think it's just like, it's really good. And I yeah. think there's something about it that's kind of endearing because it makes it feel, like, true to life at how freaking long this whole process was. Like, it's yes. consistently, like, one year later, four years later, eight months later, and you're watching this movie and you're like, I think I'm living this life with them. Like, <laughs> so I feel like, feel like... This is happening in real time. <laughs> this is right? happening in real time. I have lost a year of my life. Like, <laughs> this is madness, but... And then even at the end, when they, like, show you stuff to read on the screen, it's, like, three full pages. <laughs> and you're like, you're like, oh. it's like, you can't be asking me to read all this after a three-hour movie. Yeah, like, and they leave it up there. They're full paragraphs. They're, full paragraphs. <laughs> they're not just, like, a sentence or two. They're... There are three full paragraphs. Size twelve font, double space. Yeah, it is a mess, but it's it's good. I think though, I would I would kind of agree with Megan in the sense of like if they had changed some things where it's like more like murder scenes. I don't know, but then at the same time, it's like like Nadine said, you kind of feel bad because you're like, well, it's the movie. It's not like Seven yeah. where it's like they're constantly showing you murders. Yeah, I mean, and that's yeah. the easy thing with fiction is like you could just go crazy, right. do whatever you want as fast as you want. But this was based in real life, so it's like yeah. there's all this like, so it's like murder, 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 and then he stops Nothing. murdering people, paperwork, 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 which is this movie. Yeah, yeah. and so yeah. it's just like, it's really good, and I think, I think it's, it's definitely, like we all agree it's a great movie. It's just there's times where you're like, okay, <laughs> I have seen the color tan. A lot lately. My life feels like tan, and I'm aging. (laughs) This is hard. So, plot quality. I mean, I definitely thought the quality of the plot was excellent. You could tell it was really well thought out, and that David Fincher was trying to stay as close to real life and what actually happened to these people as he could, while still making a movie that was going to be successful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, which I I do respect, it's like, yes, I may have complained about the length of the movie, and I wish it would have, you know, the pace would have continued picking up as the movie went on, 
but I am grateful that he wasn't willing to compromise staying true to what actually happened in order to, you know, shorten the movie or do those things. Like, I found that complaint because that was really the only thing I had to complain about Mm -hmm. was that, and that's why it was mentioned, but I think he did a very good job. Mm -hmm. Watching those bromances develop and uh, disintegrate. The coke binges. (laughs) Nothing like it, you know. I know. He'll never be stabbed in the heart as hard as the detective once when his partner was like, I'm not coming in tomorrow. Uh, so so never trust again. <laughs> Just keep the car, because I'm never gonna see you again. He's like, okay. Did you even leave the animal crackers in the glove box? <laughs> and then you see later his other partner's like, what are you talking about, animal crackers? <laughs> so Get upsetting. Out of here. Yeah, but I think he did a pretty good job of turning um, Robert Graysmith's uh, madman rantings from the Zodiac book into like a feasible narrative that book is long and there's so much stuff in it you're like I don't know about this Robert this doesn't seem right seems like you're going out on a limb here but okay but okay <laughs> I guess <laughs> I also love the plot quality and also this is random but I love the song choices I yeah. just feel like they're on point I'm always down for Donovan mm-hmm. Dirty Dirty Man it's interesting I feel like Amanda's take on it is a little different because you've read a lot of the Zodiac book so you kind of I feel like have a uh so next is the scares definitely did not enjoy watching when he went what was that guy's name don't know some weird informant don't who worked at the movie theater with one of the Rick Marshall yeah yeah that was a suspect um who they who um Jake Gyllenhaal's character thought may have been the Zodiac, and so he was meeting with him, and already I was like, this is not going to go well, because um, they were supposed to, like, meet up in, like, at a public place, and the informant gets there, and he's like, let's go back to my house. It's immediately like, Secondary location. no, Mm-mm. you're both already here, what do you mean, let's go back to my house? And so Jake Gyllenhaal, being the dummy that he is, he went back to his house, where he was locked in with a key, which is like, I'm never gonna go into a house where someone locks the door with a key behind me. No. Yikers. Absolutely not. And then they go down into the basement, and it was like... But this is this is after the guys, Jake yeah. Hall's like, well, we think it's him based on these posters that he did the, the, hand, the writing on, and he's like, oh no, he didn't do the handwriting on those, that was me. That was their number one lead to thinking it was that person. Yes, and he had just, Jake Gyllenhaal had just admitted that to this person, and immediately he's like, oh, I have something to show you. It's down in the basement. <laughs> and then he walks down the stairs, and he's like, are you coming? <laughs> and I would have been like, no, I'm not. I would have found a window or something to climb out of. There's got to be another door in this house that doesn't key lock. <laughs> got to be a way out. But, yeah, so he comes down, and they're talking, and Jake Gyllenhaal thinks he hears somebody else in the house, and he is like, oh, is there someone else here? And the informant is not answering. He just keeps talking about the day that whatever movie was playing that he was, like, that Jake Gyllenhaal's character was looking into, and um, the noise upstairs keeps happening. He's like, are you sure there's no one else here? And... That's when 
that's when the informant like turns off the light because he's found the information. He's like, oh, let's go back upstairs. And Jake Gyllenhaal hightails it out of there, <laughs> gets to the door, and that's, even though he watched him key lock it, like, he tries to open the door, and he, he turns around, and there's the informant standing behind him, he's like, oh, your door is locked, sir, the informant unlocks it, and he races out of his house, and goes home, it was just so crazy, because you could tell the informant was getting a real kick out of the fact oh, yeah, that he, he was, was eating it up. Yes, loved that he was scaring him. It's like, oh no, did not enjoy that. Surprised he wasn't murdered that night. And then another one of the scares. It's definitely like one of the most tense moments in the movie because like you don't really see it coming. Is the part Nadine was especially freaked out at this part. It's the woman and she, she's just driving her car. She's got her little infant. She's also pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, in her car, and she's just she's just driving to wherever she's going, and this guy like he flashes his high beams at her or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's like honking, yeah, honking like a crazy person. And so she she pulls over. They're like in the middle of nowhere. never yeah. ever do that. No, don't I'm do it. Go just keep station. driving. <laughs> anyway, so she pulls over, and he like pulls up to her, and he's like, "Oh, it looked like one of your hubcaps was like loose or something." Tired. Like, yeah. I can the just I can tire. just I can just go in there. Tighten up, fix it real quick for you. No problem. You don't have to get out. And she's like, "Oh yeah, thank you, thank you so much." And he he quote unquote does that, he fixes loses it, it, and um, drives off ahead of her. And then she starts driving, and her whole tire comes off because it was never loose in the first place. This guy was a maniac, and loosened it. And then he like reverses back, and it's like, "Oh my gosh, what happened?" Like he doesn't know, and. Then um, she's like, oh my gosh, my tire fell off. Like, what the heck? He's like, oh, you want to ride to the nearest service station? She's like, sure, yeah. And she gets in the car with her baby, and then he's like, oh, you have a baby? Anyway. Disgusting. He drives past the service station. (laughs) Yeah. He drives past the service station. She's like, oh, what about that place? He's like, it's closed. All the lights are on on it. It's definitely open. Okay, it's the creepiest line in the whole movie. He looks at her and he goes... Before I kill you, I'm going to throw your baby out the window. And I was shook. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? how many times have you seen this movie? And this time... Just twice. But I'm always shook by that part. Yeah. Like, I knew it was coming. So, like, even the moment that we were on the highway, I was like... <laughs> I know. Nadine was so visibly stressful. tense at this moment. Anyway, the woman winds up taking the first opportunity she can and jumps out of the car. And she does not make any more mistakes after that. She's like... Yes. Mm. Don't trust queen. any strange yeah, men. she's a boss. And mm-hmm. so the next, it cuts, so like, you, he says those creepy lines, and then it cuts to her being in the road, and this truck being pulled over with its lights on, and she's just, like, screaming in the road, and this man's like, what, what, I'm trying to help, what do you want? Like, and then the woman pulls up, and she's like, what's going on? And he's like, she, I just found her in the road like this, I don't know, she won't get in the car, she won't let me help her, and he, she's like, okay, ma'am, what's wrong? And then she, like, just starts freaking out about her baby, and the woman's like, oh my gosh, where's your baby? And then she hid the baby in the, in the brush on the side of the road. Smart. My fa- and so one of the scares that I love, and it's just like a little tiny baby one, but I think that David Fincher's just such a good director that he just milks even these little ones. So um, he had been getting calls to his house that were following the Zodiac, and um, he gets one of those calls while he's in one of his crazy manic looking through all of his stuff moments and he gets salty and he like slams it down and then suddenly the door his door opens and it's like it's his ex-wife divorce <laughs> me <babies. laughs> terrifying 
Um, very scary are the murders. The first one's scary that they show. It's it's stressful because they the two people they're like young adults. They're not teenagers. The young adults mm-hmm. they go to the makeout spot in the car and a car drives up behind them. It freaks them out, but then the car drives away. It like drives past them, which. Of course, everyone's like, okay, this is when you guys leave. This is when you guys turn the car on and you go home. Because that was freaky enough. Like, you yeah. don't need to stay there and, and make out. Honestly, these people shouldn't have been there to do it in the first place. Right. She was a married woman. It was the 4th of July. She had people at her house. They don't show that in the movie. But it's a fact. She was having a 4th of July party after work. That right. Night. So they had no business being there. They needed to be like, that was an omen that we need to not be fooling around. Anyway, they get murdered. He comes back. And he shoots, well, they don't both get killed. The guy survives. But really scary is the lake because it's really stressful because this lovely little couple, they're having a last hurrah before they go to college and separate and go their separate ways. before they graduate college. Oh, before they graduate college and go into the real world. Sociology major. Mm -hmm. You're right. He is a sociology major. Saves the world. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid little dumb-dumb. Who am I giving you my phone number? I shouldn't talk to you about him while I'm still alive. <laughs> I know, he's like listening right now and he's like, you know what, Nadine? But also though, I heard him in this interview and he's talking about it and he is like, um, he was like describing it and he was like, yeah, and she was like, oh, there's someone here. And I was like, it's a public park. And she was like, she was like, they're behind that tree. And I was like, they're peeing. And I was like, don't talk like you have all this logic and you were right. You were wrong. Like she was right. That's such a good point. Because he is, like, kind of a dick. Like, they're just chilling by the lake, and the girl is freaked out because there's someone. It's the Zodiac Killer. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he ties them up. Well, he has her tie him up, and he ties her up, and he stabs them, and she dies. It's it's definitely stressful. I mean, murder's always stressful. We know yeah. this. It's always scary. And it's, like, one of the worst ways I can imagine getting injured in a murder. Like, I don't know. It's just, like, the idea of yeah. being hogtied and then stabbed in the back. So vulnerable. Yeah, it just is, like, it, something about it gets to my core where I'm, like, ooh, I'd rather, like, we talked about I'd rather get shot running away or mm-hmm. running into the lake or something, like, but being hogtied and then just viciously stabbed in the back. It just reminds me of American Horror Story, which is, like, one of the first times I ever saw that. That's what they got the idea from in one of the seasons. Was Zodiac? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they do, um... It's the first season and it's the girl, the nurses. No, that's what I'm talking about. The nurses in the the murder house, um, that's probably more something like, um, I think Ed Kemper or someone murdered a house of nurses, but Freak Show season, Christy the Clown murders a couple picnicking in a field. That makes sense, but that's Zodiac. I just remember watching the first season of American Horror Story when he kills a nurse like that mm-hmm. and it just was like oh my gosh that is horrific i just can't imagine the pain of like just like i mean ah, i think your rib cage but i can't i think just knowing like that i was hogtied especially being her because she witnesses her boyfriend getting get stabbed, stabbed first i would immediately start like hyperventilating and just freak out because i know i can't she go anywhere also. and i'm next yeah you're next and getting stabbed you know you're gonna get stabbed. And he didn't oh, yeah, realize because he's a, he's not turned yeah. towards the he's killer. Looking at her. Her. He's like, look, everything's get gonna stabbed. be fine. Everything wasn't fine. Yeah. yeah. No. They got stabbed. I also think the scene where before the tax the, the taxi driver scene where he gets murdered is pretty eerie, like the first time you watch it. Because, like, the way David Fisher does the scene is, like, so beautiful. How it does that overhead shot and you just follow the cars along the road. It's so cool. And then and then you just 
like, see, like, overhead from, like, this perspective of the window of the kids when the guy gets murdered and the other guy gets out. You don't really know what's happening until, like, the investigation's there, but you know it's not good. Yeah. All right. Lastly, laughs. Um, I know we already mentioned the Uncle Velva, um, but I did really enjoy that scene because Robert Downey Jr., as soon as, um, Jake Gyllenhaal gets his fruity blue drink, it's like, <laughs> so ridiculous. what the hell did that. you just order? It's <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Velva, so tasty. With the umbrella and an orange. <laughs> so... <laughs> And so Robert Downey Jr. tries it, and then it immediately cuts to later that night, and they have, like, six Aqua Velva empty <laughs> drinks in front of oh, them. Oh, so good. The waiter coming by and grabbing four of them at once. I know. The empty one. two on the table each. I just love it, because it's not even like, it's not a bar where you would think they would even serve that kind of drink. Like, no, it's, like, dingy looking. You're like... You just all of a sudden you see this blue drink in front of him with like the umbrella and the fruit, and you're like, "What is this? Are you on vacation to Hawaii right now? What?" <laughs> yeah. It's like such a pretty blue. <laughs> I mean, my favorite part is <laughs> his colleagues. <laughs> his colleagues. I can't take it. Um. So I don't think this is meant as a funny part. It's just the truth, but it brings a lot of joy and hilarity into my life. Is the fact that. Zodiac not once but twice calls in his murders saying mm. that it's a double murder and this dummy never learned the value of a double tap because no. twice it's a single murder and he left a survivor because yes. he's oh, twice. He, he does not check to make sure they're dead. A dummy. Makes me so happy. <laughs> like it's you idiot. so dumb. I, it just makes it even sadder that they never caught him. You're like, yeah, on, there are two people who lived. I also have a part that I don't think is meant to be... F- it, uh, I love that they just put their fingerprints all over everything. Oh, no, I I kind of think that the, like, first scene when they were, like, handling that, like, is <laughs> literally, like, literally everyone touches it, because I'm pretty sure, like, even the guy who doesn't the read guy it. Doesn't look at it. The guy that doesn't read I think it. That was, like, direction that was given them. It's like, everyone make sure you touch this, and I want to get it on camera. And so the guy who's succeeding, like, he wouldn't have touched or even looked at it because he wasn't even interested to begin with, but he's like, it was his direction, so he's like, get up, look at it, here you go, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> That and the animal crackers is really funny. Oh, yeah. So good. We just love. the constant gag of animal crackers. And just the fact that a grown man is eating animal crackers to begin with. And refuses to box. provide his own. <laughs> Always expects someone to bring them forth. Where's my animal crackers? I also like Robert Downey Jr.'s ascots. Yes, so many. Time. I mean, come on. And that jacket. <laughs> and his legs crossed. Yes! The short legs. I love his painted jacket with, like, the sunset scene oh, on yeah, it. When Zodiac comes and they're searching his trailer and he gets out in those short shorts. Oh my gosh, and they, like, blend in with his skin color, too, and you're just like... Oh, no pants. And you're like, what's happening? You're like, oh, no pants, and you're like, oh, shorts. And it doesn't get better that he's wearing shorts. Yeah. Like, you're almost wish he wasn't wearing pants. Kind of short. Yeah. They're so wild. Mm-hmm. Who wears short shorts? Zodiac. Zodiac wears short shorts. Zodiac wears short shorts. <laughs> All right. How would we rate this movie? I think I would give it four out of five boxes of animal crackers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd say um, four point five boxes of animal crackers. I always want to cut things in half. Four point eight. No, but cut same a same. box of animal crackers <laughs> in half. Easily. Cut in half. You just take. Megan, it. haven't you ever split animal crackers before? Don't be a selfish Absolutely panda. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm eating all of them. They're all mine. I would give it four boxes of animal crackers. Excuse me. You said the same, same. Yeah, but does that count? All right, Nadine. Four out of five. 
crackers. And they're the lions. Just the crackers? Yeah, they're the lions. You don't get those are my favorite. boxes? It means more. He just gets the lions. It means more because I picked out the lions for him. Oh, that's how it. Hand. That's how it becomes 4.5. <laughs> <laughs> she wiggles her fingers in the air. Yeah, you guys, this is my gesture. Give me jazz fingers over here. Was it jazz fingers? It was probably murder because it was like a weird like I think this is murder fingers. Yes. I wish you guys could say that. Put your hands together and then do jazz fingers. Well, either way though, this was not jazz fingers. That is not what they have to do. Sea anemone. Sea anemone. Alright guys, see you next movie night and don't forget, there are only 187 days till Halloween. October 6, 1960. My gosh, we're gonna have to reel it in, guys. We have too much to record this weekend. Our oh, recording spaces were so good the first time. And now it's just going down. We're about to record in the shower. Too echoey. We need a good closet. I'm laughing. I mean, Dean having such a reaction when you didn't even open your mouth to burp. I know, and I like did it into my sweater. And anyway. she's still like, I hate your kind. Gosh, <laughs> <laughs> we have so that much to record. Exactly what I think. <laughs> because he wanted to be as accurate as possible, David Fincher decided to. <laughs> anyway, um, because he wanted the film to be as accurate as possible, David Fincher decided not to display any of the alleged. Zodiac murders, which there are so many in in the book, like in the book, like he thinks so many people are possible Working. Zodiac murder victims. We all broke. Yeah. Okay, okay. Tell us one more time. I'm sorry, we haven't even gone through the fun facts, and we have another movie to watch. Because. <laughs> Help! Okay, 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 professionalism. They'll probably be asleep by the time we're done with Creep, maybe. Or at least maybe. quiet. It, it is Friday night. Jinkers.